Taiwan has reported fewer than 200 local cases for the third day in a row. The daily case count came in at 132 on Tuesday, while COVID deaths fell to the single digits for the first time since the end of May. Health Minister Chen Shizhong says the numbers are moving in a better direction, but that it's still not the time to relax and take risks. There were 132 new local cases on Tuesday. They were mainly distributed in northern Taiwan, with 65 in New Taipei and 26 in Taipei. Miaoli and Taoyuan had 18 and 12 cases, respectively, with a handful of cases scattered elsewhere. For three days in a row now, there have been fewer than 200 COVID cases. In addition, eight people were reported dead from COVID, taking the death count down to single digits for the first time since the end of May. The overall mortality rate is at about 3.7%. Overall, there is a slight decline in the trend, but we don't have a sense of the next few days and we can't be sure of whether the case count situation will continue. The overall trend is moving in a better direction, but we still can't allow ourselves to relax. Taiwan isn't out of the woods, he said, noting that migrant workers in Miali were still being tested. The results could send the case count shooting up. The CECC is testing at six electronics factories in Miali's Junan Township. Some 1,400 migrant workers are to be tested by Wednesday before they are released from home isolation. The CECC expects 10 to 15 percent of the group to test positive, or about 150 to 200 people. It said that the migrant workers are currently at a centralized quarantine facility where they pose little infection risk to the community. Asked if he might downgrade Taiwan's level 3 COVID alert after June 28, the CECC chief said that would be a call made by the pandemic. The pandemic changes. It is changing all the time. So we will monitor the situation at all times. Of course, we're not ruling out any possibility. And of course, we will convene our experts to discuss this together. The CECC is leaning toward a gradual de-escalation of the Level 3 alert, lifting it region by region rather than all at once. It plans to have its epidemic monitoring station assess the possibility. The CECC says it will provide 50 rapid PCR tests to COVID hotspots across Taiwan in order to speed up patient diagnosis. A rapid PCR test can produce a result in about 20 minutes, down from more than three hours required by a standard PCR test. The rapid PCR test machines will speed up the diagnosis of COVID patients so that they can be isolated or treated faster. Widespread testing is a very important aspect of our current disease prevention strategy. The medical supplies for home testing should come in over the next week or two. There is also rapid testing at community stations and at private companies. When a rapid antigen test comes out positive, the patient can go to a community test site for a rapid PCR test. If it's negative, they can just continue on monitoring their health. If positive, they'll be required to do their PCR test. If the PCR test confirms an infection, patients with severe symptoms will be sent for medical care at a medical center. Asymptomatic cases or those with mild symptoms will be sent to enhanced quarantine hotels or centralized quarantine centers. Right now, we're going to try Try to avoid putting them in home isolation. We hope that this faster testing strategy can bring down the likelihood of infections among close contacts. As of June 13, uh, 249 test stations have been set up at COVID hotspots across Taiwan. 
These stations are set up by local governments to catch asymptomatic carriers of the COVID virus. Japan's donation of AstraZeneca vaccines rolled out in Taiwan on Tuesday. In the first phase of the rollout, about half the donations will be offered to older adults and other priority groups. The first day went without incidents in Kaohsiung and Taichung, but in Taipei, there were com complaints of long wait times and a lack of social distancing. Walking into the auditorium, he listens to a briefing with a keen ear. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe visited Xingyi Junior High Tuesday morning to inspect its ad hoc vaccination clinic. Taipei City on Tuesday began offering COVID shots to indigenous people aged 65 and older and those in the general population aged 85 and older. One vaccine site was Xingyi Junior High, which was overseen by Taipei Medical University. Each recipient had a time slot that was booked on the city's own online platform, but many of them arrived early, generating long lines and angry complaints. I feel that they don't have any empathy. They're asking these people who are 85 and older, these old people with canes and even wheelchairs to line up on a hot day. I think that there are too many people and they're not social distanced. They're all crowded together. These appointments are booked in advance and the time slots are measured by the hour. So if you're given a 9 o'clock time slot, you don't need to come at 8. All that does is prolong the time you're standing in line. Whatever time you're scheduled for is the time you should arrive. If you do that, it saves you wait time, which is good because it's so hot today. Elsewhere in the city, the same scenario unfolded. Ching Kong Wuho Su Memorial Hospital hosted its vaccine clinic at a nearby science center. It was scheduled to start at 9 o'clock, but by the time the doors opened, 200-plus people were waiting outside, some since 5 in the morning. The crowd caught hospital staff off guard. It is true that we didn't have good plans in place for the wait outside. We did not think of the wheelchair users, and there were more wheelchair users than we expected. We did have response measures right away. We separated the people with wheelchairs from people who didn't need them and those who had someone with them. To vaccinate 700 people on Tuesday, Xinkong Wuhosu Memorial Hospital sent 36 doctors and nurses who were joined by more than 100 on-site staff. Seven lines were set up for Japan-style vaccination. Individuals were vaccinated by staff that went down each line quickly. Turning to Taichung, as numbers are called one after the next, people shuffle into lines that lead into the administration site. Everyone is very orderly and the interest in getting vaccinated is strong. I'm happy and moved to see it. Today, it looks like the vaccination program is going well. In contrast with Taipei, Kaohsiung and Taichung sent paper notices to those eligible for vaccines. The first day of their clinics was relatively smooth and without incident. Well, Japan's foreign minister announced Tuesday that his country would consider don donating more COVID vaccines to Taiwan. The announcement came after Japan said it would send a million AstraZeneca doses to Vietnam on Wednesday. We'll offer Japan-made vaccines to Indonesia, Thailand, the Philippines and Malaysia in early July. After that, we'll make any relevant adjustments. In addition, we are discussing whether to send more vaccines to places such as Taiwan and Vietnam. 
Japan plans to offer AstraZeneca vaccines uh, produced under license in Japan. It said the vaccines will go to countries that play important roles in maintaining a free and open Indo-Pacific. It said that it would plan its donations based on other factors such as epidemic severity, vaccine stocks and relationship with Japan. The Central Epidemic Command Center says there has not been a surge of Taiwanese going to China to get COVID vaccines. Speaking at a Tuesday press conference, CECC Deputy, uh, Deputy Chief Chen Zongyan said that so far this month, daily outbound traffic to China has stayed steady at levels seen in April. His remarks came after China's Taiwan Affairs Council announced that 62,000 Taiwanese had gotten COVID shots in China. This year, the day after Dragon Boat Festival happened to coincide with Police Day. During his morning press briefing, Chen expressed appreciation for Taiwan's police. He also urged local governments to stay vigilant against COVID, even as the spread appears to abate. In Greater Taipei, the epidemic is gradually slowing down. But some cities and counties outside of Greater Taipei are still asked to pay close attention to their pandemic developments, especially as the human movement and other risk factors pick up after Dragon Boat Festival. We need to pay close attention to changes that happen in the next two weeks. In a video circulating online, a child said to be from Taiwan holds a PRC flag and touts China-made vaccines. China's Taiwan Affairs Council says 62,000 Taiwanese had been vaccinated in China. On Tuesday, Chen said there has been no recent rise in air traffic from Taiwan to China. Our observation is that there has been no real increase. In June, the daily volume of outbound traffic has remained in the range seen in April between 400 and 600 people. Chen also addressed false information circulating on social media over AstraZeneca vaccines. Chen said it wasn't true that older adults should avoid the AstraZeneca shot due to the risk of blood clotting. Regarding age restrictions, there are restrictions only on the use of the shot on those under 18 years old. There are no restrictions on its use among older adults. This guidance for vaccine recipients has been clearly stated by advisory panel experts. Chen said AZ was safe for people 75 and older and will next be offered to those between 65 and 74. He also urged older adults against believing disinformation on social media. Medigen Vaccine Biologics has signed an MOU with Paraguay to conduct a phase three trial for its COVID-19 vaccine candidate. The company and the foreign ministry confirmed the news on Tuesday. We would be glad to see Medigen Vaccine Biologics and Paraguay's Universidad Nacional de Asunción collaborate on public health. Once our domestic vaccine is authorized for emergency use, the Taiwan government will throw its full weight behind the venture to support it. Medigen has also signed an MOU with Vietnam to hold a phase three trial. It's applied for emergency use authorization in Taiwan and plans to seek standard authorization in the European Union. Meanwhile, Taiwan's other COVID vaccine developer, United Biomedical, is preparing to release its phase two results at the end of July. Uh, United Biomedical plans to conduct its phase three clinical trials in India. 
Applications opened Tuesday for the government's $10,000 COVID subsidies uh, for families. Despite minor technical issues, the online application system was mostly able to keep up with the rush of applicants. Also on Tuesday, banks began taking applications for low-interest loans of up to $100,000. 500,000 loans will be offered under a three-year term at an interest rate of 1.845%. He checks his form carefully with bank staff. On day one of the government's low-interest COVID loan program, some people rushed to the bank early in the morning to apply. But because of the pandemic, most people chose to apply online. Application systems at several banks were overwhelmed on Tuesday, prompting a flurry of complaints from users. We took special care to expand our bandwidth. Our bandwidth was four times greater than before. In comparison, it was smooth sailing on the application system for family subsidies. Enter the child's NHI number, a parent's ID number, and a bank account number. That's all it takes to apply. The first payments will be made on Friday. At 9.57 or 9.58, I tried loading the website. Perhaps there was a lot of people going on because I couldn't access it. But at 10.01 or 10.02, the issue was resolved. The whole process was quite fast. To reduce infection risk, the Education Ministry is promoting its online application system. But starting Friday, applications can also be filed at the ATMs of three designated banks, free of any processing fees. Families eligible for the subsidy are those with children up to sixth grade, as well as students with disabilities at the high school level and below or in the first three years of junior college. Each child entitles parents to a 10,000 NT handout, with over 2.5 million children meeting the criteria around Taiwan. I think the online system is the way to go. You have to go outside to use an ATM, and that comes with some risks. I have a 5-year-old and a 10-year-old. Every little bit helps. With schools closed, many parents have had to take time off work to take care of children at home. The government hopes the subsidies will help support families facing a loss in income. With schools suspended and more people working from home, it is important to effectively disinfect our homes. What's the best way to do it and which surfaces should you target? For most news reporter Stephanie Yang speaks to a cleaning expert to find out how to effectively sanitize your home. The cleaning expert recommends disinfecting things that we frequently touch. That includes doorknobs, intercoms, light switches, phones, faucets, toilets, sinks, remotes, and children's toys. It's also important to wash our clothes immediately after going home. How do we carry out disinfection at home? We have to prepare rags, alcohol, and general disinfectants. Everyone touches the handles of doors at home. We should disinfect such surfaces more frequently. Spray alcohol on the rag and wipe it like this. In addition to washing hands and clothes frequently, remember to change your clothes frequently. What are some things to keep in mind while disinfecting? First, spray the disinfectant on the cloth and not on the object you're cleaning, because the product could ruin the surface. What are the precautions to take? Do not spray alcohol directly on the furniture or wood or paint. After cleaning, you can boil the rag to completely eliminate the germs. 
Once you return home, it's also important to clean your glasses or goggles thoroughly with soap and water instead of using alcohol. After you get home, take your goggles and glasses and any such equipment and clean them with soap and water. Then wipe them clean. Don't spray alcohol-based disinfectant on glasses or goggles. As for disinfecting mobile phones, U.S. tech company Apple advises using a soft, lint-free cloth to clean screens. Avoid using paper fabric that is abrasive, such as paper towels. The cleaning expert reminds people not to spray alcohol directly on the phone. Always clean the screen in other places that your hand touches. Likewise, give the rag a light spray, then wipe it down. Note that if you directly spray alcohol on the phone, you may cause some damage. With the pandemic ongoing, disinfection and social distancing are small steps that we can all take daily to combat the spread of the coronavirus. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. The last month has been catastrophic for Taiwan's small restaurants. Uh, let's uh, meet one small restaurateur in Taipei whose business has almost vanished overnight. With profits just a fifth of what they were before this wave began, Northeast China native Yang Bo never dreamed it would get so tough. But with support from friends and the generosity from his landlord, he says his family will stay afloat. Pickled cabbage is fried and tossed with pork and pig's liver. And garnished with blood sausage, homemade by restaurant owner Yang Bo. This dish, known as Sha Zhu Cai, is the traditional New Year's dish in his hometown in northeast China. Usually, it's a customer favorite, but with eating in band, Mr. Young's profits have plummeted over 80 percent. His once bustling eatery is now empty, save for his pet white goose, which, for once, has the run of the place. Profits have dropped about 80 percent. My principle before was no takeout, and I never worked with delivery platforms. Now I have to stoop to selling takeout just to scrape by. He was always an eat-in or move-on kind of guy. But for now, takeout is all he can offer. Recently, he was late paying the rent, but was moved by the unexpected kindness from his landlord. It's hard to make money, I said. It's four days late, I'm so sorry. But my landlord replied saying, well, you've paid May, I'll let you have June and July for free. I can't tell you how that made me feel. All I can say is it made me shiver all over. That experience, along with the kindness he's experienced from vendors at the wet market, has made the Chinese native more aware than ever of the warmth of his adopted home. Coming to Taiwan to visit relatives in 2016, Yang fell in love at first sight with his future wife. They both worked as carers, but the night shifts were punishing. That's why they switched to running the restaurant. I said, let's open a restaurant. It doesn't matter if we don't make much at first. Just so long as we can get by and I can give my wife a normal working rhythm, perhaps it will help her illness and be good for us all around. The little eatery already attracted lots of faithful customers before COVID hit. Now it's found help from friends, new and old. Young says he's sure they can weather the storm. Level 3 COVID restrictions have shut down gyms across Taiwan. While that's a major blow for the fitness industry, what impact will it have in the long run? We spoke to one gym owner who says he's confident the sector will bounce back. The pandemic has only strengthened Taiwan's interest in health, uh, he says. When the time comes for venues to reopen, the desire to get a good workout could be stronger than ever. 
coach warms up in front of the camera. Every day, online fitness classes are provided for members of this gym to continue their training. While Level 3 lasts, gyms are trying to hold onto their membership through online services. Although the pandemic has forced doors shut, this gym owner is optimistic about the future of the industry. The spread of COVID has made Taiwan more health conscious than ever, he says. All of us have to struggle to get through this tough period right now, but just taking last year for example, last May and June, when the pandemic was easing up, people were even more interested in sports than ever before. The first wave of COVID erupted globally in 2020, having a big impact on the fitness industry. But from the perspective of international fitness chains, it's clear that demand for their services has grown, both globally and in Taiwan. As for this wave, although we will get the vaccine, that doesn't provide 100% immunity. Improving your own health and your immune system is the best way to protect yourself. Many gyms simply offer facilities where people can train, but more important than facilities is education. Training with bad technique can be unhelpful or even damaging. The sports culture in Taiwan is really good. We can see people running, playing basketball, swimming, even doing triathlons, cycling. These things are growing very quickly, but there are not many venues where sports and training are combined. In this gym, there's an Atsugong cage, normally only found in wrestling clubs. MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai and Judo are all practiced, with ways into the sport for men and women, young and old alike. Although gyms have been forced to close in recent weeks, this expert is confident that it's just a temporary hurdle. After all, keeping fit and healthy should be high on everyone's priorities, whether or not there is a pandemic.